0: Larry 21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. D Breakdown, your home for all things Dallas Cowboys news. Before we dive into today's episode, we'd like to remind you, you can find us on
1: Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and X just search the Big D breakdown. Without further ado, let's dive into today's
0: first topic. Four studs and one dud turned stud in week 13 win against Seattle. Dallas Cowboys earned a hard-fought comeback win in week 13 and there were plenty of players who deserved praise, including one who shook off a rough start. Despite allowing an ag- aggravating touchdown late in the first half and even with Mike McCarthy gifting the Seahawks plenty of time in the final minutes, the Dallas Cowboys pulled off a 41-35 win on Thursday Night Football. It was the first time this year they defeated a team that came in with a winning record and was also their closest home game of the season. Dallas deserves a lot of praise for this one since they took everything Seattle had to throw at them and walked away winners. That's why this week's studs and duds is full of studs and also praise one player who made the best of a terrible night. Starting off this week's studs, Jake Ferguson. Jake Ferguson had some big shoes to fill this season, with Dalton Schultz leaving for Houston in free agency. The second-year player was up to the task and had some solid outings in 2022. Week 13 was arguably his best yet. Ferguson saw eight passes come his way and was able to bring in six of them. That included... A long 17-yard cut catch and run on 3rd and 16. He's also going to be seen on highlight reels this week after hurdling Quandre Diggs to gain a couple of extra yards. As good as all of that was, his play was when he caught a 12-yard touchdown pass in the 4th quarter to give his team the lead. This touchdown had to feel good for Ferguson for more than one reason. Not only will it go down as the go-ahead score, but he also got to rub it in the face of Jamal Adams. Two were going at one another earlier in the game as things got chippy between them. Ferguson was also getting heat from Frank Clark Sr. who took exception to him hurtling digs. In the end, Ferguson got the last laugh. Now the Seahawks
1: defenders know he's not going to be bullied by them. and he's more than capable of sending them out of AT&T Stadium for the loss. Next up, Demarcus Lawrence. Cowboys defense has been bullied throughout the game and needed a stop in the worst way midway
0: through the 4th quarter. Railing 35-30, they were finally able to come up
1: with a huge stop that allowed their offense to take the lead back. Seattle was moving the chains again with a couple of 3rd down
0: conversions by the nose of the football. Then on 3rd and 10 from their own 45, they gained 9 yards and had a decision to make. So he wound up going for it on 4th and Zach Charbonnet had his number called. The rookie running back failed to convert thanks to Demarcus Lawrence, the veteran defensive end is often overshadowed by Micah Parsons, who's, who records sacks at an incredible rate. But Tank is still one of the best run defenders of the position in all of the NFL. He reminded everyone of that when he stopped the running back dead in his tracks gave the Cowboys the ball near midfield. and Seven players later, Jake Ferguson hauled in a 12-yard touchdown to take the lead. Dak Prescott then fired a completion to Brandon Cooks on the two-point conversion, making it a 38-35 lead for the Cowboys with just over four minutes to go. Seattle was stopped again on the next drive, turning the ball over on downs twice in a row. This time, Geno Smith threw an incompletion fourth and four on a hurried pass. Dante Flower, Fowler was closest to him, but Smith couldn't even consider trying to move to his right His Lawrence was there as well. Shout out needs to go to Parsons who made a couple of huge stops that won't show up on the stat sheet. Earlier in the game he hit Smith and forced him to throw a pass away on third down, leading to a missed field goal.
1: He also got pressure on him on the final fourth down of the game to seal the win. Next up, Stud turned stud, Dayron Bland. The NFL named Dayron Bland the November Defensive
0: Player of the Month after he set an NFL record with his fifth interception return for a touchdown last week against the Washington Commanders. At the time, it seemed insane that anyone was even willing to throw the football in his direction. But apparently, the Seahawks weren't worried about that. They came out and targeted Bland, even beating him on their first third-down conversion of the day. While Bland had good coverage and just missed breaking it up, DK Metcalf still beat him for the reception and took it 73 yards to the house. The issues for Bland didn't stop there. He was beaten deep by Metcalf on another long drive, then embarrassed several times on the final drive before the half. He was guilty of giving Tyler Lockett far too much space to catch a short pass and go out of bounds with 16 seconds left in the half. Then he was beaten by Jackson Smith, and in the end zone for what appeared to be a touchdown. After review, it was ruled that he didn't catch the pass, but Bland was still flagged for pass interference, giving the Seahawks the ball on the one-yard line. That drive was capped off with a one-yard score for Metcalf, who again beat Bland in the end zone. In all, he gave up five receptions for 137 yards and a touchdown in the first 30 minutes. Bland didn't let that stop him, however. In the second half, he made a huge play when he picked off a pass intended for Lockett in the third quarter. Dallas was unable to score when CeeDee Lamb dropped a pass on fourth and two, but Bland still gave the defense some confidence with this stop. He nearly even came up with a second pick late in the fourth quarter. Smith lobbed a ball up on fourth down in desperation, and Bland was the closest to pulling it in. Still, he wound up adding his eighth pick of the year, and now has one in four straight games. Yes, this was his worst game of the year, but it's encouraging
1: to know that even when he's at his worst, he can still help his team create turnovers. Next stud, C.D. Lamb. What a game this was from C.D. Lamb in week 13. While he was guilty of dropping a pass on 4th and 2
0: in the second half, he more than made up for that by making one clutch play after another on Sunday. He scored the Cowboys' first touchdown of the game, bringing in a Dak Prescott pass from 15 yards out to give his team a 10-7 lead. He also put the offense in the red zone when he made a 15-yard reception on 3rd and 3 during their go-ahead drive in the 4th quarter. In all, Lamb finished the night with 12 receptions for 116 yards and a touchdown. For good measure, he added another 30 yards on the ground with a 24-yard run as long as his long. He continues to be their go-to guy and has scored a touchdown in four straight games after taking him a while to get in going in that department. He's also now recorded at least 100 yards in six contests and had double-digit receptions five times. For the year, he's at 90 receptions for 1,100 yards with six touchdowns. He could go to the final five games and not catch a pass and still have numbers that would be superior to several number one wideouts
1: throughout the league. Of course, our final stud, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott continues to be the most
0: harshly criticized player in all of sports. so bad that there was literally someone calling him out for breaking the news that he was going to be a father. What's worse is Dak knew people would react that way, which is why he waited to say anything. Even at halftime of their Thursday night football contest, Richard Sherman was going out of his way to praise the opponent for how they were defending Prescott. This made no sense at all since he had over 200 yards and two touchdowns, while the offense had yet to punt the ball. Still, Sherman was saying how we all can see the Cowboys can't play against good teams. Well, that should be put to bed after this. Not only did Prescott play well in the first half, but he continued to fight hard and led his team to a comeback win. When all was said and done, he had 299 yards passing, 23 rushing yards, and 3 passing touchdowns. What's even better is the defense Sherman was anointing for being roasted and no interceptions. Prescott is playing on a different level right now, and he's more motivated to win than ever before. Not only did he show this in his determination in the fourth quarter, but he even got up at one point and got in the face, showing more fire than we've ever seen in, this, in the past from number four. Surely the sticks will be moved again, and everyone will say Prescott needs to prove himself against the Eagles before they believe then if they beat him, they won't believe until they beat the 49ers, and so on, and so on. Those who watch him without an agenda can see he's outperforming everyone right now, and the Cowboys have a chance to win every week because of him.
1: Let us know your thoughts on the studs from this week. Is there somebody we should have included? Let us know. And now we're going to take a look at three ways the Cowboys can clinch a playoff berth if they beat the Eagles. As the NFL season heats up, the Dallas Cowboys find themselves in a high-stake race in the NFC. Alongside
0: the San Francisco 49ers and Philadelphia Eagles, they are considered among the top three teams in the conference. The 49ers particularly have emerged as the front runners, notably beating the Eagles 42-19, underscoring their dominance in the league. The upcoming Sunday night football clash between the Cowboys and the Eagles is more than just a regular game. It's a pivotal battle for the NFC East League. Moreover, it's a strategic play where the winner not only advances, but also blocks the other from securing a playoff berth early. Currently holding the number 5 seed in the NFC with a 9 3 record, the Cowboys' path to the playoffs is tangled in a web of if then scenarios, relying on outcomes from various other games. So let's break down those convoluted paths. First up First scenario, the Cowboys' victory coupled with losses or ties from the Vikings, Packers, Seahawks, Buccaneers, and a winner tie from the Lions. Additionally, they need a Rams loss or tie, provided the Packers and Vikings don't end in a tie. Secondly, this is similar to the first scenario, but swaps the Rams with the Saints, and the Cowboys need wins, ties, and losses to align similarly among the mentioned teams. And third, the most straightforward yet still complex requires a Vikings loss or tie, Packers loss or tie, Seahawks loss, Buccaneers tie, and a Lions winner tie, ensuring the Packers and Vikings don't tie. Despite the intricate scenarios, the Cowboys' position at this stage of the season is commendable. Their chances to clinch a playoff spot may be murky now, but they're expected to clear up in the coming weeks. Most crucially, their upcoming match against the Eagles offers them a unique opportunity. A win not only advances their cause, but also hinders the Eagles from clinching a playoff berth this week. As we edge closer to the playoffs, the Cowboys find themselves in a challenging yet hopeful situation. Their journey to the playoffs may be complicated, but it's far from impossible. This weekend's games, particularly the Cowboys-Eagles showdown, is said to be pivotal in shaping the NFC's playoff picture.
1: Let us know your thoughts on the Cowboys' playoff uh, hopes. Do you think they'll reach the playoffs? If so, how far do you think they'll go?
0: Let us know. And now on to three uh, Cowboys that are struggling ahead of the Eagles' matchup. The Cowboys are gearing up for a crucial Week 14 clash with the Philadelphia Eagles and face not just a formidable opponent, but also internal challenges. With the potential to seize control in the NFC East, the Cowboys
1: need to address key areas where player performance has been vanishing. Or I should say struggling. Number one, Michael Gallup's diminishing
0: impact. Wide receiver Michael Gallup's season has been underwhelming, to say the least. In what can only be described as a sharp decline, Gallup's performance against the Seahawks was particularly concerning. He received only one target and made no receptions. This stark inefficiency raises questions about his role on the team, especially when compared to former Cowboy Amari Cooper. As Dallas approaches the Eagles' game, Gallup's relevance in the offense is at an all-time low. Number two, Bayron Bland's defensive dilemmas. Quarterback De'Ron Bland, despite a generally impressive season with eight interceptions and 14 passes defended, showed signs of struggle against the Seahawks. Bland, known for his aggressive playmaking, has also been susceptible to allowing significant yardage on completions and touchdowns. His performance against Seattle, where he's routinely beaten by receivers, particularly in a critical goal-to-goal situation, casts a shadow over his readiness to handle the Eagles' top receivers like A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. And number three, the Cowboys' pass rush, usually a team's strength, is another area of concern. In their last game, they managed only one sack and six quarterback hits, indicating a decline in their ability to pressure the quarterback effectively. With a player or roster boasting significant pass rush talent, their recent performance falls short of the team's usual standards. This drop in intensity could be detrimental against the Eagles, particularly considering the threat posed by quarterback Jalen Hurts, if given the time in the pocket. And now on to our next topic, the rising stars of the Cowboys ahead of their matchup against the Eagles. The Cowboys have been on a roll, winning four consecutive games as they head into a crucial rematch against the Philadelphia Eagles. This streak comes after a challenging phase where the Cowboys face tough losses, including a narrow defeat to the Eagles and a setback against the 49ers. Despite these hurdles, the teams have rallied, showcasing notable performances from several players beyond the well-acknowledged contributions of Prescott, Lamb, and Parsons. So, starting off, Brandon Cooks. Wide receiver Brandon Cooks has significantly stepped up, overturning initial doubts about his fit in the Cowboys' offense. Early in the season, Cooks' roles seemed limited, but a strategic shift has led to a remarkable turnaround. Over the last seven games, Cooks has scored five touchdowns, including a stellar nine-catch, 173-yard performance with a touchdown against the Giants in Week 10 with 20 catches for 332 yards and three touchdowns during the winning streak. Cooks has become a reliable target for Prescott, evidenced by his career-high 63.5 receiving success rate. Number two, Osa, defensive powerhouse. Defensive tackle Osa Achem from the 2021 draft has been a consistent force on the Cowboys' defense. His performance this season has been remarkable, earning him top 10 grades in both run defense and pass rush. Known for his ability to handle double teams effectively, Osa has the highest quarterback pressure rate in the NFL when double teamed. His stats include 32 pressures, 3 sacks, 9 quarterback hits, and 8 tackles for a loss. Only partially capture his significant impact on the field. And number three, Tyron Smith, the unyielding protector. Left tackle Tyron Smith has been a bulwark on the Cowboys offensive line, especially in protecting Prescott's blind side. Despite the overall line's struggles with stunts and communication, Smith has been exceptional. His performance against the Seahawks, where he allowed just one pressure and 57 pass-block snaps, is a testament to his skill and consistency. Smith's pass-blocking grade is the highest among tackles with 300 pass-blocking snaps, and his pass-blocking efficiency leads all tackles. His pivotal role in the team's success cannot be overstated. Let us know in the comments section below. Is there a topic we missed that we should have covered? Let us know. As always, give us a thumbs up if you like our video, subscribe to the channel, that bell notification button down below. Leave a comment in the comment section below. And of course, if you want to support the channel, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash a big D. Your support helps the channel grow, upgrade our equipment, bring a new host, be able to um, take this show on the road and pay those new hosts. As always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We'll see you next time. This has been the Big D Breakdown with your host, Larry Lees. Thank you for listening and watching. Follow us on social media at Big D Breakdown on Twitter, Facebook, the New Big D Breakdown, and on Instagram. Just search the Big D Breakdown. Thank you for joining us. See you next time.